Press Radio Time. Your enthusiasm and passion on Star Trek will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trekmate Podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. All right. Ask is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Mark Stamper. And my name's Paul Drinkwater. And this week, uh, we don't have Wayne again. Wayne is... He's been stolen by Ferengi. He has been stolen by Ferengi. No, no. Obviously, as everyone knows, uh, Wayne had another baby. Well, his wife had another baby. It wasn't Wayne. If, if it had been Wayne, we probably could have made a fortune, you know, selling uh, selling his story to the papers. But w- w- Wayne had the other baby, and um, you know, things are uh, piling up in a, mi- a little time-wise, and he's struggling a little to uh, to to meet the show schedule. So he's taking a few weeks off. So it's the bollocks of me and Paul yet again. But this week, we are joined by two very, very special guests. And they are... Introduce Paul Finch. <laughs> and Emma Whittaker. Paul's got big bollocks as well. Sorry? You said the bollocks of me and, me and you. Well, I said Paul's got big bollocks as well. Has he? I don't know who told you that. Well, well, well. well. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's seen them at Star Trek London. Maybe. Ah, right. Hey, hey we won't say that in front of Mark, because he might have got jealous. Me, me and Paul were playing sword fights in the urinals. <laughs> I know it was a Star Trek convention, but it was more like a Star Wars one for a couple of minutes for us. <laughs> Excellent. So how are you guys? Well, Welcome to the show, Emma. It's your first appearance on the Main Trek May show. And Paul, you haven't been on the show for a little while, have you? No, the last time I was on was the Fantasy Track episode, which I, I'm surprised I'm allowed back because that was the uh, family dildo incident. Oh, yeah. That was when I was on holiday. Oh, no, it that wasn't. Was it was the Pez dildo incident. Pez, yeah. It was the Pez dildo incident. That was when I was yeah. on uh, holiday back in May, wasn't it? That's right. I've got Pez dispensers now. I know, yes. I know. I, f- I think I feel a bit left out. Everyone's got them now. Cena's got them. Wayne's got them. You got them, Mark? No, I don't have Pez. I've got Pez sweets in the cupboard, which are, I really <laughs> like the Pez No dispenser. No dispenser. <laughs> I'm not that bothered about the dispensers because I really like the little sweets, so I'll probably, I might nip out later and grab a packet and eat them because the sweets are nice, but dispensers don't bother me. Dispensers were for rich kids. Yeah. <laughs> so you just, you just eat so them out of the packet and just shove the whole packet in your mouth. That's it. Yeah. I like polos and Tic Tacs and nerds and dweebs. Yeah, but if you eat too many polos or too many Tic Tacs, you're going to have bum trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear, right. Oh my... God, oh no. <laughs> Here we go. My mum yeah. my, my works for a company that do like product testing. Oh no. And, oh, and, I uh, believe we're going here. <laughs> and uh, she, 
she said, oh, the Wrigley's are testing these new, like, breath mints. I'll, I'll give you, like, 50 packs of them. And I was like, all right, well, I don't really need that to test them. I just one. She's like, no, no, I'll take them. <laughs> so I was like, well, I've got to eat all these bloody things. So I'm walking around. And in the space of about two hours, I ate two packets of them, right? <laughs> now, I left them in the flat, and I went down to the local supermarket to get stuff for dinner that night. And I was walking along, and I was like, yeah, I've... Oh, feel like i've got to do this massive fart right so i do this fart and it's like the best fart i've ever done it was unbelievable right do you know one of those farts that's in films where you're like that can't be real like if there was a lighter i could have like it seriously incinerated the supermarket with this fart. it was incredible i was so pleased with myself right and there's no one else around then like I there's got, no one else uh, there to hear it and appreciate it and shake so your got, hand and go, mate, that was the best fart I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, the leaks all withered in the shelves behind <laughs> me. But I walked about five metres more and I was like, oh, yeah, here's another one. Oh, no. And then I was like, right, that's weird. I've just done the two best farts of my entire life within the space of five minutes, usually. So I'm walking, like, around the supermarket and I'm not joking. My my <laughs> My bubbles are, like a balloon exploding in slow motion, right? <laughs> so I, I'm like, this is what has happened. And then, like, I I remembered this story that my granddad had told me about uh, his friend who started eating diabetic chocolate. Oh, and yeah. he ate so much it, he, like, crapped his pants. <laughs> and I just got this kind of flashback <laughs> of, oh, yeah, these sweets probably, like, give you bad diarrhea. They're basically, like, turbo lax if you <laughs> yeah. eat too many of them and so i quickly done the shopping and i'm not joking i just made it home <laughs> just before, and like literally you I jumped don't know, onto you, the toilet the trousers yeah. were literally round your ankles yeah, yeah. Li- literally you could have sold that to nasa as rocket fuel <laughs> i i never clocked the last bloopers from a couple of shows ago <clears throat> but at the very end of the show i said to wind up I really need to go. I yeah. Need a... Oh, they were in the bloopers, yeah. Oh, was it in the bloopers? All, because all I of it. The whole story, the whole story from you farting to needing oh. the shit. The whole thing was in there, mate. So anyway, how are you, Paul? How has your How has your week been? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been not too bad. Thank you very much. Busy at work as usual. Um, um, yes, yes, yeah. I'm sure. I've done. Oh, I crashed the helicopter today. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't crash to the telly, did you? No, I was trying to land it on top of the laptop, and it, there was a little draft that came down just at the last minute, and I was sitting in front of the laptop, it really sliced my chest open. Yeah, but apart from that, oh, I put my, my pictures of the five Star Trek captains from Star Trek London on the wall uh, yesterday evening. That's made me very happy. Okay, I'm still trying to search for the right size photo frames to fit the pictures in, because they're, they're an awkward size, though, aren't they? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I went to Dunnell Mill, and they got quite a wide, but, you know, Paul, you're an arsehole. I need to fart now, and I don't want to, because I think I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to Dunnell Mill and they, they've got quite a wide and a long one and you can just take the backing out and, and put it in there and it, and it goes in really nicely. Oh, okay. You, how was your week? Um, a little bit chaotic actually because we're having our bathroom done. Oh. This week. So basically my whole bathroom has been destroyed, disassembled and then it's been recreated slowly. Um, sure. Which is nice, which is nice. So it should be done by this time next week. But you got a downstairs toilet. No, we don't, actually, because we've got an older house, so we don't have an additional toilet. But it's fine, it's fine. We At no point have we ever been without a toilet. 
Marvelous. no point have we ever been without a bath but literally they came in took all of the stuff out stripped all of the tiles off the wall and took the floor out so we just got floorboards on there and it's all going to be redone with nice new tiles and nice new bath suite and all of that sort of stuff but it's just it's just chaotic and it's a bloody mess but it'll be, it'll be nice when it's done next week but yeah. it's just it been a like bit it's just market sounds bit. like we're going to see you on cowboy builders in a couple of months time <laughs> <laughs> possibly no no he's actually really good i have to say the guy who's doing it is really really good so i've been thinking about getting my kitchen done we did that when we moved into our first house about 13 years ago and we had to do it because the house we moved into was shit and the kitchen yeah. was just like about 15 different types of cabinets put together so we had to do it and again that's a bloody nightmare we basically couldn't live in the house when it was done um oh, but you know, but we didn't have kids in those days so it wasn't too bad but uh yeah so yeah have it done but uh just be prepared for chaos for a, a week or so well when i had the house decorated the house was a fucking nightmare for eight nine weeks so when, when we got our flat it was basically a shell Saddam Hussein's hideout bunker. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> like, it was, like, because it's a Victorian flat, there's loads of cornices, and literally you could see, like, where the guy lived and where his favourite places were to sit and smoke. <laughs> Yellow. The, the toilet was broken. God knows where he was going to the toilet. Oh, God. The bath was cracked. Oh, it was terrible. You haven't got any wobbly floorboards, have you? <laughs> have you <laughs> the, basically the, the house is a giant wobbly floorboard <laughs> the dog's been interested on under the floorboards maybe there's an open fire have we got what an open fire no no, no I, it, it, it's my it's, dream to have an open fire we could we could reopen the fireplace but it's where the the tv sits so I'm, <laughs> yeah. i'd rather have a tv <laughs> i'd rather have a telly yeah i i'm i'm scared of fireplaces i don't like them no no, I've got a phobia about like old fireplaces. Because of a film or a TV program that you and Adam were talking about when he was up. Okay, yeah, well, because well, you saw Santa drop down one once. <laughs> no, because it, do you remember the film Gremlins? Oh, that's oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah remember, remember, remember the horror story the girl tells about how her, her, her dad, dad, her dad went down. And that's how she found out Santa wasn't real because her dad died down the chimney. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that that basically gave me this like phobia of fireplaces when I was really young. And um, then my dad told me like a ghost story about a fireplace, and then <laughs> and then I saw a TV like drama where like some like Edwardian maid like burnt a baby in a fireplace, and oh, like since then I've never really uh, taken to them. No, okay, I can sort of understand that. I think. Anyway, after that little um, after that little bombshell, it's time for this. Now it's time for Star Trek news, brought to you by TrekMateFamily.com. TrekmateFamily.com, bringing you the latest Trek news as and when it happens. Yes, and it is time for the news. So we have a few little news stories here. So it's fortunate, actually, Paul, we have you on because this year, Enterprise, as they promised, is coming out on Blu-ray. Are you excited about that or, or not? I, 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 am, I am excited about it, but... I'll tell you what I was more excited about is I've been watching the US version of Netflix, which yeah. has Enterprise on it, yeah. and they're already on HD there. Yes. Can I ask you a very quick question? Yeah. How have you got the US version of Netflix? Oh, there were ways that, there were ways to do that. Because I have Netflix and I've got no Star Trek on there whatsoever. Well, when 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 we when we meet up in um, in Bournemouth, I'll hook you up. 
Oh, you're a good man. Good man. There were ways. <laughs> there were ways to get the US version of Netflix when you're in the UK. If you if you got an Xbox or a PS3, Paul. Uh, I've got an Xbox. Right, I'll I do it through the Xbox, so I'll. Oh, tell I use you. Apple TV for Netflix through the telly. Sorry. I use Apple TV for Netflix through the telly. Oh, very posh. I don't know if you can do it through Apple TV because Apple are bastards. They'd yeah. Probably stop you doing it. Yeah, yeah they probably they'd probably stop you doing anything, wouldn't they? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, they usually do. But anyway, well, as as has been revealed, um, the first season of Star Trek Enterprise is coming out. <coughs> the US, we've got a US release date here of the twenty sixth of March, but. The UK's got to be pretty much within a couple of days because they do uh, release them fairly fairly soon. And uh, we have a story on our website. So Enterprise is coming out on Blu-ray and they've got all, a whole load of extras announced there. So they've got all sorts of um, uh, documentaries, etc. So we've got Part 1 Countdown chronicles the challenges faced by the producers and creative staff as they attempt to launch a new chapter in the Star Trek saga by making the then radical decision to create a prequel to the beloved original series. We have part two, which is bored in the NX-01, which um, covers the, the casting process and the production on the pilot. And we have part three, which is first flight, which charts the course for the rest of the series. So it's basically, you know, what did we do before? What happens when it begins and what happens for the rest of the series? See, um, Mark, that's that's why I would buy it for those special features because that's yeah, something you yeah. can't get anywhere else. No, but it's... do you think they will do the same as they've done with TNG? Do you think it will get any kind of cinematic release in the US? So I don't, th- I don't think they would do that actually because it's not that old. It's only about ten, twelve years old, whereas TNG was a little bit more iconic. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you'll you'd be able to get all of these extras on 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 the Blu-ray because. They are actually showing Enterprise. I've got Sky TV, and they are, they are showing Enterprise in HD on Sky Atlantic, which is a Sky exclusive TV channel. So that's quite nice. Yeah, we'll get that to be able one. to see that. So I've watched. They were actually. I watched one on Saturday, and they're quite late into season four. I think they're probably repeating repeating them in a loop. And I did see late season four episodes, and they do look nice in HD. I have to say, they're very. They they kind of changed it up, and it's very kind of colourful. Um, I mean, Emma just watched in the mirror darkly the other day, and that was in HD. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed that. I like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good for a Mirror Universe episode. It's probably one of the better ones. I'm not a huge fan of the Mirror Universe. I was a bit confused for a wee while, as you could imagine. Yeah, I'm not. A hu- I'm not. Yeah, I can imagine because it confuses me because I'm not a huge fan of the Mirror Universe because it's not Trek. But as the Mirror Universe is episodes go it's probably one of the best i would say the reason i don't like it is because they turn out to be the kind of second last and third last episodes enterprise and i kind of feel based on what happened it was robbed it wasted it was just it was a wasted thing yeah but had there been a season five you would you would have been happy with it yeah Yeah. but i can i kind of feel like it just wasted two episodes yeah yeah definitely hoshi looked hot in it though she did she did. I even said that. Yeah, she did look yeah. pretty. Yeah. Big shout out to Adam there. Adam and I, as everyone knows, are big Linda Park and Hoshi fans. I think Adam's just like a boob fan. <laughs> well, he's he's gone for the wrong character in Enterprise if he's a boob fan now. <laughs> she's got none. Well, not that she's got none, but there's another female character that's got more. Yeah. Yeah. Teepole. Teepole. Yeah. Teepole. <laughs> Isn't that where you change your name? But we like we like Hoshi. Just Deepol. Oh, sorry, Deepol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So that's coming out uh, towards the end of March in the US, and it, it, there isn't a, a UK release date, but it's got to be around about the same time. So, oh, okay, so I'm a little bit torn with Blu-rays because I, I I'm, I'm worried. You're I'm worried? worried because I can understand they're releasing Enterprise probably because it's the easiest one to do because oh, it's yeah. already filmed in HD. It was filmed in HD, yeah. But I assumed that they were going to do TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, then Enterprise. Yeah. I'm worried that we're not going to get Deep Space Nine and see like Series 7 and all those space battles remastered in HD. I think, well... I think I just take the easy way out. Well, it, it, is, it is an easy route to do Enterprise because obviously it was filmed in HD, so the transition to Blu-ray is dead easy. You've just got to put the extras together. But I see where you're coming from, Paul. They would probably do Voyager because it's popular. DS9 is is popular amongst the real hardcore fans, but would it sell as many copies on Blu-ray? Because it's one of those, as we've said before many times on the pod, it's never on TV. Yeah, and I, I think that the main reason for that is is basically I think other people have raised it as well is it's not episodical. It's yeah. it's it's being a story arc. If you if you just kind of put on the TV one day and you were at like the the fifth last last episode, you'd be like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I could see Deep Space Nine because I think that most people you talk to. If it's not their favourite, they absolutely love it. Yeah. So I think that would be one of the the best sellers because it would be the fans that want to sit at home and watch it that would buy it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But let's hope we see that soon. I'm sure we. Yeah. Will. I'm sure we. Will. I'm, just, I'm just surprised Enterprise is getting released in parallel with TNG because I, I was a little surprised, but it, it's easy, isn't it? It's an easy yeah. seller. I think that will affect the sales of it though. Because I think people are probably more likely to buy, especially now we're going to be coming into season three and four of TNG. Because you know these these things aren't cheap, and I I I I uh, they're fifty quid a box, aren't they? Yeah. So if it's um it's that's quite expensive. You're thinking there's kind of two coming out quite close to each other, mm. but I just hope that yeah I just hope that Enterprise sells well on, on Blu-ray. I think that would be a, a good kind of salute to the show if it does. Yeah, I'm quite tempted to buy it, I must admit. See, do you think if we wait until like all the TNG ones are out and all the Enterprise ones are out, they'll do like a discounted box for the entire like, on series? Blu-ray, they probably will. In a couple of years' time, they'll probably do all of Season 7 on Blu-ray in some super-duper deluxe box set for like about 200 quid or something. Well, if we just yeah. wait till Star Trek London this year... Um, hopefully they'll have Amazon, another... Amazon will discount it, yeah. And I can save another 50 quid on Blu-rays. <laughs> the thing is, that Amazon store w- was was absolutely fantastic because I got the impression through some of like, the other stores, like that crappy cup store, that they were just taking the piss out of the fans. Like, yeah. oh, they'll pay 20 quid for this crap cup that I could, could sell at my shop for £5. Whereas the, the Amazon one was like, look, Here's this thing. It normally costs twenty quid. We'll give it to you for a tenner for this weekend. You're like, yeah, I'll yeah. buy that. And that's where, that's where I bought my season one TNG Blu-rays. It was just like, basically, look, <coughs> scan this code with your phone, and you can have it for like twenty quid off. I was like, yeah, I'll have that. Well, I got the movie box set. One was fifteen, fourteen ninety nine, and the other one was was nineteen ninety nine or something. They should have both been forty five ninety nine yeah. and forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. 
I was, I was, I was astounded. I saved fifty quid. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, that to me is what conventions should be about. Not, not overpriced rubbish. It should be the complete opposite. You've gone there to do something. It should be cheaper than you get it in the average store. Yeah, definitely. Because, because you've got all of, the, you've got all of your audience there in one place. Everyone exactly. is going to buy stuff as in one place. Say, look, discounted. There you go. Have some of this. I usually think of things, if I'm walking around somewhere and I look at it and go, fuck me, that's expensive, I'm not buying that, then I'm not the only person thinking it. Whereas if I was walking around somewhere and I went, wow, that's cheap, I'm going to get five of those, yeah. then everyone's going to do it and they would have sold out. Exactly. All you have to do is drop the price just a little bit and the amount you're going to sell will make up for any... So like I said, you, you've got your audience, you've got a captive audience right there. Just look, yeah. look, here's some Star Trek shit, it's cheap, buy it. And everyone would have bought it. I would have just gone, yeah, all right, just for the fucking hell of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so Paul, have you got any other news? Yes, I've got a very exciting bit of news. Okay. I was reading whilst you were doing your bit. Now, Star Trek style replicators become a reality. Cool, I'll have one of them. Thank you very much. Right, that's it well, for the news. So that's it. I'm giving up my entire life, and I'm just going to go and sit there with my replicator. Well, Bye. it's not as exciting as you think Yet. 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 It's coming up. <laughs> There's a lovely little video on our website that tells you all about it. But what it says, it says in the 24th century, replicators can be used for replicating machine parts, clothing, food or other objects. Now 3D Systems and Cubify.com are teaming up to introduce a Star Trek customised 3D printed collection. Fans, starting early this year, will be able to create personalised 3D printed products and collectibles based on the legendary franchise starting with the original series. Now, Cubifier 3D Systems are showing a preview of the Star Trek 3D printed collection at the Consumer Electronics Show, which yep. is in uh, now. Now. Now, now it's now 8 to the 11th, yeah. In Las Vegas. Now, what what they're saying is is they they got these little they're, they're not massive. They are about the size of a coffee machine. Yeah. And uh, in an interview at 3D Systems, somebody said to them, "Right, how much like a Star Trek replicator is this?" And they said, regarding the replicators, our technology is called a 3D printer. That's all it is. It's a 3D printer. It does a really good job of replicating shape and color. It can't, at least today, replicate materials like food or Earl Grey tea. Although you may see a chocolate 3D printer coming Ooh. down the line. Well, that's going to be great, isn't it? That's going to be cool. Yeah. yeah. Don't Mark. move. I have a phaser. It's made of chocolate, but it's a phaser nonetheless. Yeah. Mark, uh, remember our uh, science podcast? We discussed 3D <laughs> replicas on, on that. Yeah. 3D printing, yeah, it's the future. I mean, the video... 3D, looks... 3D printing is... Obviously, it's very primitive at this point in time, so you can only replicate objects using a sort of polymer or, or type of plastic. It's only a matter of time before we can replicate... We, we can use protein and we can replicate chicken. We can layer it up layer by layer. You know, Using this 3D printer technology, we're not that far from replicators. I reckon... What do you reckon, Paul? Uh, for a, a food replicator... 50 years? No. 50, not, not 50 years, I reckon, yeah. 50 years. 50 years for a food replicator. Right, think about it. When I was 10 years old, for Christmas, I got a BBC computer. I was amazed that I could type in a code in it and get it to flash from yellow to red to yellow to red. Now look at what we can do. Yeah. Well, they are now looking at being able to charge things without them even being plugged in or wireless charging. Yeah. So if we manage to do that in 18 years... I, I, I still reckon 50 years for this. 
because yeah. you're manipulating I, I, yeah. things on the atomic level. It's a, it's the next step. But I reckon within, I mean, 50 years isn't that long. But to be able to replicate food within 50 years, that's I, I, I'll, I'll, that's my estimate. The way I look at it, I reckon that the technology that they bring out now and they say, hey, look what we can do, we can do this, we can do that, they already had it 10 years ago. See, the the, the thing is, I reckon between in, in between those 50 years, I reckon like basic consumer electronic products will be available to kind of print your, yourself at home. And yeah, I reckon yeah. kind of in 50 years' time, you won't be buying your latest iPhone or whatever. Yeah. You'll be making it. You'll be, you, you'll be printing it on your own 3D printer and paying for and a license is, for it. This is going to revolutionise the world because I've said this before. The way we run the world at the moment is fucking crazy. You have a washing machine in your house. You need a part for your washing machine. Where is that washing machine part made? It's made in a factory in fucking China. So it's made there and it's shipped halfway across the world using vast amounts of energy to get it there. It's yeah. a simple part. If you could 3D replicate that in your home, fix it in your washing machine, your car, your you know your vacuum cleaner, whatever, you could do it there and then. It's obviously it's going to change the whole economics of the world, and it's it, you know it, it has the potential to, to disrupt capitalism and the whole shit system that we got, which doesn't work anyway and ends up ultimately destroying the world. But we're at the point now, or coming soon, where we can we can start to live that Star Trek vision. The only problem I've got, though, which I think is going to chuck everything on its head, is if a 3D printer can accurately print a, a part for a computer or a part or a phone or a part for a washing machine, yeah. and we have the ability at the moment, for for example, to be able to hack into certain computers and, and like skyboxes and be able to get all the free channels and stuff, what is going to stop people from doing 3D prints to print guns and bombs? And crap no, no, no. I mean, it's going to be a very disruptive technology. It's like any technology. You know, you can put it to you can put it to good or to evil. It's like the internet. And people will say, well, okay, so if you're going to be able to 3D print these parts for your washing machine, what happens to all the people who work in the factories making, you know, parts for washing machines? And it's it's a good point. It's not working for the factory making 3D printers. It's 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 a good point. It is a good point. Um, but it's a it's a fantastic fantastic technology, and I think three D printing is yeah is going to be a huge bit of technology over the over the next hundred years or so. Yeah. I think that it's it's basically like con- consumer products version of cloud computing. It's going yeah. to be it it no you you think of what cloud computing can do. You think of what a simple free Dropbox account can do. Yeah, a lot of businesses that were spending thousands and thousands of pounds on servers and. Yeah, and God yeah. knows all what, and basically it being really hard to access files from home still. Yeah, all this kind of thing. Dropbox is kind of taking that all away, so it's the it's just that next stage of kind of. That's what memory. Exactly. Got. I mean, uh, us guys who you know on the Trekmate family, we use Dropbox and we share files with each other, and you know I use Dropbox and any anything I edit on my laptop is in Dropbox. Any any of the podcast editing, and I can just jump to my home PC. You know, do a little bit of editing, save it, pick it up on my laptop. It's just everywhere we go, and it's all free. Well, that's why memory cards have gone from being like thirty quid for a one gigabyte one down to two for nine ninety nine or two for exactly. four ninety nine. Because all of a sudden, people are going, "Why the fuck do I need a memory card?" Yeah, I don't need one anymore. The the thing is, it's got it's getting to the stage now where the technology that you you kind of have in your laptops now it hasn't really improved a lot in the last kind of three or four years uh, a spec of laptops kind of stagnated slightly but what you've 
what you've found is they've just come down in price phenomenally. Yeah, yeah. that's it. You get a solid state disc. Um, I mean, I've got my work laptop here. It's got a Core i7. It's got a solid state disc. It's got a bit of gig of RAM, but it's not. It isn't getting much better. It's just getting cheaper. Yeah, yeah. which is fine because... for me. Cause it's cheap. That's well, actually yeah. fine for me because work paid for it, but you know what I mean. I've got a horrible view on things, and I reckon that all of a sudden we're, we're just all going to fall off the edge. There'll be that somebody, something will happen. You know, we're going to advance, we're going to advance, we're going to advance, and then all of a sudden it's just going to go boom, and the whole world's going to implode on itself or something. No, not like that. I, mean, I, I just mean no. like I, I mean, you know, people are going to blow themselves up. No. Technology will save us. Technology is technology. No, no, no. Technology has got us into the situation where we are now. It's caused the problems we have, but technology can save us as well. It just needs the impetus. You know, it just needs people to realise that we're in a bit of a situation. Technology will save us. It got us into trouble, and it will save us as well. As long as my laptop doesn't start saying to me, "By your command." <laughs> we basically just need to stop spending money on military stuff and start and researching weapons. Warp 5 engine. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Absolutely fucking right. If, well, we, if we spend the money that we spend on weapons in a year, if we spent it on something else, that's it. We, we could solve hunger. We could solve hunger. We could have a warp drive within like, in 10, 15 years. All the money they put into weapons, that was it. We'd be sorted within 10 years. It's when it's when they go though. Oh yes, the country's in. Oh, we're in we're in sixteen million uh, sixteen billion pounds worth of debt. But the new military contract for the uh, c- uh, contract for the army and everything's come in now, and that's at thirty billion yeah. for defence projects. Oh, and we've we've just spent this. This aircraft carrier cost twenty five billion pounds. It's like well, where did that money come from? Exactly. Um... That home all the homeless. In fact, fuck it. Build the aircraft carrier. Put it in some dry dock and then open it up as a housing zone. It's just it it it, it is it is crazy and I think that that I th- I think that free free getting back to kind of three D printing it is going to be the future of things and it is going to be majorly majorly disruptive and it will change the world either for better or for worse. But it will definitely change the world. The, I, th- I think consu- I think it'll change the world to the extent that the industrial revolution changed the world. I think yeah. I think it's that big. What do they use no. when they print now? At the moment, they're using a sort of a type of plastic, so a basic polymer to right. replicate things. But it's only a matter of time before they can use things like, like like Paul and I were saying, you could use protein, so you could synthesize chicken. So you could 3D print food using protein molecules. At the moment, it's it's a basic polymer, so it's a type of plastic or plaster. Um, to replicate some of it. It's not that long before it, they'll be able to use other materials. It's like the bit on our website, it shows them using, making bracelets and magnets for the doors and, uh, yeah, and yeah. dinosaur heads. It looks fantastic. Yeah. The, the most exciting thing I've heard for the future of 3D printing is uh, salvage printing, where they can send these little machines up into space and it basically goes around all the discarded satellites and it can find useful materials. Yeah. And it can yeah. recycle them and build something new out of the junk. So yeah. you can effectively program this computer Beat to go into space and, and build your new satellite for you. Yeah. Like you send your little nanoprobes out and they will yeah. recycle over all of your old satellites. <clears throat> That's Because I, mean, I saw one of, those, um, one of the views from Earth and it shows you all the debris. And all the debris was in yellow and, uh, and it looked like we were a yellow ball. 
spaceships and and bits and bobs. I mean, they don't care, do they? It's like some of these fucking teenagers walking down the streets these days. They buy a McDonald's, they eat the burger, they screw it up and they throw it on the floor. That's what the US government does when they send their spaceships up. They send it up there, it uses its fuel, it disbands the tanks and just chucks them on the floor. Indeed. Okay, so we've put the world to rights regarding uh, 3D replicators and 3D printing, etc. So, do we have any more news? Emma? Yeah, I've got, some, I've got some news. You've got some news? What's I do have some news. <laughs> this is something that me, Emma, has kindly arranged for all you. Have, and we love, we love you. Love you. <laughs> love, we love you. So, Pitax, Emma, Paul and Adam and Mark and uh, Paul are going, to be, <laughs> are going to be attending this year's um, sci-fi ball which is being held in Bournemouth at the Carrington House Hotel on the 8th to the 10th February. And I'm driving. And Paul's driving. We're going to have a mini road trip also. So trip, trip mate on the go. It's trip mate awesome. on the go. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be going to this. And this is being held in aid of the Teenage Cancer Trust. Um, so it's a non-profit event. So anybody who would like to donate some money, if they want to, to the Teenage Cancer Trust, you can do. You can go onto their website, which is www.sfbevents.com. Um, you can go on there and you can find out all about the event. You don't have to come and be part of the whole weekend. You can just come along and have a look at the um, exhibition hall, of which they've got loads of stalls of people who write comics, people who sell Star Trek comics, um, all all types of things like that. And your entrance fee is only five pounds. There's no excuse not to come if you live anywhere near Bournemouth. Um, but we you, are lucky you, enough. To... You guys don't live anywhere near Bournemouth, but you're coming. Exactly. Down, so. Exactly. So uh, if we can make it down, anybody can make it down. <laughs> the the charity is even more poignant considering the the Star Trek fan that recently passed away because of cancer. Yes. Exactly. Indeed. So um, we're lucky enough to be going along for the whole weekend and have kindly been given press tickets by the event organisers. So we are attending the whole weekend, which includes talks by the likes of Armin Shimmerman, uh, Matt Kredenchik, Rom. Rom. Um, there's a new person, Miltos y- Yerlmu, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Okay, I like Game of Thrones, yeah. Uh, Phil Ford, Chase Masterson, Lolita Faccio, and Kitty Swink. So we'll get to hear all the talks from them, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we will get some nice little interviews for all our little shows. That will be lovely. And the the theme of this event is Deep Space Nine, since it It is. is the... 20th anniversary of Deep yeah. Space Nine, which Indeed. is quite hard to believe. Yeah, it is so definitely. Keep so an eye on the keep an eye on the Trek Meet website between those dates, as we will be blogging at the end of each day about what we got up to. Absolutely, look forward to that very soon. And it's going to be much easier this time because we've got our brand new relaunch of the the main Trek Meet site that can now handle all the news feeds and. Yeah, definitely. We don't have to work with our separate site this time. No, no, it'll all, it'll all be there. So, well, if anyone is planning to go along to the event, they oh, can let us know. You let us know, and we can we can meet up there. Yeah, that would be really cool. It'd be really good to meet up with any listeners and uh, have a chat, and uh, maybe we'll have a little interview with you, and we'll 
you know, blog about it. It'll be it'll be really good fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So following all of that news, it's time for this. Enterprise, Lieutenant Uhura here. Yes, and it is time. Hailing frequencies are open, and uh, we've got a little bit of feedback on our last show. So, uh, Paul, would you like to uh, read out some of the feedback we've had on the forum about our last show? Which was, uh, I enjoyed that show. Actually, it was a really good, fun show to record with, with where my lovely <coughs> wife showed up, I and we talked about it, Deep Space Nine. I thought it was a brilliant show. I really yeah. did. We've I, got... I enjoyed Sorry? that. I, I really enjoyed doing that, and Kirsty did as well. So you can expect Kirsty to pop up. Uh, every so often, whenever, whenever we talk about uh, a subject that she's interested in, so. Well, she doesn't talk about EastEnders. Well, yes, quite. <laughs> she did apologise for that. So. <laughs> I know, I know. We got Michael Clark says, uh, "Great show, guys. Enjoyed your discussions on Deep Space Nine. The show doesn't seem twenty years old with uh, many of the stories so relevant today." I know, I know. When when I looked back and thought it's twenty years old, I thought, "Hang on, it can't be twenty Please. years old." And then I calculated it back and thought. Hang on a minute. I was uh, I was eighteen. Oh shit! It is. You were eighteen. Years. I was eight. That's because you were a youngster. Yeah, I was twenty. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I wasn't twenty. I was eighteen years old. Yeah, I was doing my A levels, like I said, when we recorded last week. And yeah, I remember that coming out and going down to the video shop, like I said, and and hiring the the VHSs from Blockbusters and watching it and thinking this is awesome. Yeah, it doesn't seem like twenty years ago. It certainly oh. doesn't. Uh, Trekknitter says, um, "Yay! I quite liked you all having Kirsty on. Thought it was a great show all round." Um, we heard from Holodeck Three. Uh, they say, "Listen to the show today. The first time I saw Deep Space Nine was late on Sky One in 1994. Oh. I look back now on Deep Space Nine seven seasons. I think so much effort went into everything about the show that it became my favourite series overall. Well done to Paul for winning this week's trek off. And this look- is where I trip in. Oh, oh, I, I chip in, Paul. I chip in here, Paul, and I think I was actually forgiving when we recorded last week. You were, which is why I went with it. But then you I I actually think I was robbed. And then somebody was definitely robbed. No, I was robbed with that last half point because I I believe my last question was about Odo. Mark, I'll tell you what, Mark. What did they find out about Odo? And I said he'd been infected with the the founder's disease. And you only gave me half a point because... He was infected with the founder's disease by section 31. No, there was more to it. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I am going to give what, you that Do you want, do you want me to give you the fucking star date as well? No, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you can start this week half a point ahead. No, Paul. No, 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 no. I'm 2-1 oh, in the lead. No, I'm 2-1 oh, in the lead. No, I'm 2-1. The, the judge's decision is final. But I was still robbed. You're going to be a bitch to me this week, aren't you? Yes. Paul <laughs> <laughs> um, Finch says, great to hear Mark and Paul do a show together again. Love the Deep Space Nine chat. It was extra special to hear Kirsty. It was. It was. It was good It was <coughs> good to have her on. And uh, you can expect her to have a pop-up every now and again. Lovely job. Captain Hotdog says, great show, lady and gentleman. Kirsty was a sheer delight. Now, had you, Mark... Kirsty and Paul all known each other prior to Trekmate, question mark. You guys have a great easygoing manner. I went to each other. Even Kirsty and Paul. I refuse to believe Deep Space Nine's 20 years old. Great review. No, I never knew Mark and Kirsty before um, Trekmate. 
No, no, that's it. I mean, obviously, I mean, I replied to this post and said, well, I've known Kirsty for 16 years, but I, I've known you, Paul, for about one year, almost exactly to the day when we yeah. first recorded the first Trekmate show. And I've only but met we, you once. We've only slept together once. Yeah, no, well, that's enough, isn't it? So, obviously, we, <laughs> we met up at Star Trek London for the first time in October, and uh, Kirsty met you guys for one day back in October as well. But, I mean, I think when you're with people who like Star Trek, you know, when you're with other genuine fans, you're in a you don't, fan. Yeah, that's it. You have found your brothers and your sisters, haven't you? Oh, brother, where art thou? Yes. Indeed. Thou wist in the bar, brother. Indeed, indeed. No, no. I'd like to say as well, if anyone would is interested in hearing Captain Hot Dog on person, they should definitely listen to the two holodeck episodes he's done because they're they're really great and he's a, he's a really interesting guy. No, he's done a really good 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 job on those. So he's been on two in the last sort of four weeks or so, hasn't he? He's done a really good job as well. I've been really, yeah, he's, quite really quite impressed with Captain Hot Dog. Yeah, he's, he's, really he's, he's got he's got an amazing knowledge of the comics and he's yeah. also uh, he's got a great presenting voice as well. Yeah, no, I think he's done a really good job on the holodeck. So uh, big shout out to you, Captain Hot Dog. Um, Emma says, just finished listening this morning. Love the fact that Kirsty didn't want to swear that the kids were in the room, but Mark was like, fuck it, and swore for her. Yes, but I will say, Emma, I was sat upstairs in the bedroom because um, we didn't want to record in the same room because uh, we only had headsets and it would feed back. So I was upstairs in the bedroom. Kirsty was downstairs. The kids were downstairs watching TV. So I swore on behalf of Kirsty. I think that's very gallant of you, sir. It was. It was. <laughs> I, t- I took the swearing position. <laughs> Um, Robert Ray says so in Los Angeles the premiere of Deep Space Nine was that weekend because January the 1st was a Sunday so the 3rd would have been a Tuesday in case you're wondering how I know that it's because I live in Southern California and under the law of the city of Pasadena when January the 1st is on a Sunday the Tournament of Roses Parade is on the following day January the 2nd okay now back to the topic at hand Deep Space Nine I've always thought that Deep Space Nine was the best of four modern track series the show was the first true drama of the 1990s. It was dark, gritty, and unlike TNG, the first few seasons still feel contemporary and modern. Great podcast this week. Keep up the good work. I didn't understand the first bit, but I like the second bit. I like the second bit, which was, um, yeah, well done and keep up the good work. So uh, thank you, everyone, for the feedback on the last show. It was uh, it's very much appreciated. Marvelous, remember, marvelous, marvelous. Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. And remember that we always uh, post... A little, a little thread on the forum for every podcast that we post up. So if you've enjoyed this show, head on over to the forum and uh, leave your comments. And Mark, I think the the forum has kind of grown into a really kind of nice community, hasn't it? Oh, it has absolutely. I mean, we've got uh, it grows. How many posts do we get a day? I mean, it, it really does. You know, every time I go on, then there's a new topic and there's a new thread, and it's you know, it's there's, there's so many people posting stuff on there all the time. It's fantastic. Because everybody's on a different time zone. Because we have people in Australia, we have people in America, and we have people in Britain. Yeah. There's always something going on. So even if you know I'm sitting at night in bed and it's you know midnight and I can't sleep, I always know that somebody will have posted something on the forum. Yeah. Because somewhere around the world, it's like normal time. Yeah. <laughs> well, to to give you a few stats on the forum, the forum's probably been running properly now for about two months. Ooh. Like, Oh, it's got to be I mean, more it, than it's that, been, isn't it? It's been it's been up longer. Yeah. Yeah, pro- properly. Um, yeah, probably a couple of months. Yeah. So in in the kind of couple of months, because the first month nothing much was happening on it, but it was, since it, was it, awful, it, it yeah. since its launch, 
We've had 426 topics. Wow. And we've had 4,240 comments. 2,000? 4,000. 4,140. That's roughly 10 per topic then. 10 per topic. Wow. But this one is absolutely amazing. It's so nice that everybody just gets together now and there's so many people on there. Just makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, I, and, I, I, and you can you can get your own ranks there as well. So I'm still not quite up to captain yet. I'm still on commander. There's quite there's quite a big jump from about 350 <coughs> to 500 to get to captain. So I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. I, I used to be so good when I, uh, you know before Christmas. I used to be on there every day, and I, I I'd have two or three breaks at work, and I'd get on there and I'd post and I'd comment on every topic and I'd do all of it. I've been so busy at work since I've got back. I think I've only been on there twice. I think I've only posted one comment. I just see, see Adam, Adam spent absolutely ages. <laughs> and I just let me down. Getting the rank leaderboard system to work. Yeah. And now, now that that works, I have noticed that people are now becoming really interested. In, like, oh, I've got to get to the next mm. rank. And yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I was doing it first of all. Even though it was difficult to get there, I was like, right, I need to get three hundred other posts. Okay. Well, if I reply to this one, I. I could do another picture topic, and, da, da, da. Yeah. and now I think it's become a little bit easier. Lots more people are getting involved, which is great. Yeah, but it, it, it encourages people, doesn't it, to to go back? It's that gamification thing, isn't it, where you, you encourage people to actually post and you know put stuff in there. So uh, head on over to our forum at forum.trekmatefamily.com, or just go to our main website at trekmatefamily.com and click on the forum link. It's all the same. Okay, so we're done with hailing frequencies, so that means it's time for this. And now it's time for the topic of the week on the Trekmate Podcast. Yes, and it is time for our topic of the week. And this week, I did post a a little thread on on our forum a couple of weeks ago, and that was about your favourite Star Trek nitpicks and pet peeves. So, you know, we all love Star Trek, but there were little things in the show which really piss us off, and that's what what we're going to talk about this week. So, the first one on the list was actually posted by you, Paul, and that is bad science. Bad science. I'm not there. I'm not talking about like kind of tedious science. I'm talking about blatant can't happen crappy science yeah because i i watched a documentary recently about about kind of the real story behind star trek and how gene roddenberry kind of said he wanted the technology that was involved in in star trek to of course be in the science fiction world yeah but be something that was on paper plausible and yes and yes so he chose um he chose warp drive which was an actual theory that existed yeah yeah he chose antimatter and matter as the is the concept for the fuel which was some people knew antimatter existed and they knew that antimatter matter collisions were the most powerful forces known in the universe obviously they didn't realize that like in today's world we could kind of create antimatter in the lab and actually test that yeah so on the basis of Star Trek, you've got this this world where it's grounded on actual science. But one of the one of the things that kind of almost made me get up and walk out the cinema in the in the old nine <laughs> film is when it said a supernova explodes and threatens to destroy the galaxy. Right. Okay. Yes. 
that's one of my big things. It's like, right, okay, <clears throat> let me clear my throat. Well, oh, at least the things that is wrong with this. Okay, so right. a supernova is a huge event. It's, you know, it's going to destroy anything within the immediate vicinity. It would not, under any circumstances, destroy an entire galaxy. That is complete bullshit. And I think supernovas get a bad rap because they are what seeded the universe with heavy elements. Exactly. Exactly. So, So you know, if it wasn't for supernovas, none of us would exist because all of the heavy elements above iron, so everything in your body and everything on on the Earth and everything around us in the universe that's heavier than iron wouldn't exist if it wasn't for supernovas. But that does piss me off as well, Paul, and I know exactly where you're coming from on the same page there. And another one. That one, that one. If if that star exploded, now I'm going to try and justify this, but I'm I'm really sort of sort of sitting there squeezing my ass, saying I'm trying to justify it. Yeah. It's going to destroy the galaxy. Okay. Maybe he didn't mean physically it's going to destroy the galaxy, but the consequences of that supernova would disrupt the political situation within the Alpha Quadrant. So maybe he meant that was going to destroy the galaxy, but I'm being I'm being really really forgiving there okay, then. he I, didn't I mean he, he didn't mean physically destroy but he would meant it would disrupt the political situation in the galaxy but i agree with you completely i'm just trying to play devil's advocate there but it's the, the complete next bullshit one, the next one that nearly made me burn my uh voyager episode <laughs> 2 vhs yeah yeah whatever the second episode of voyager is called the the, um, the one... oh the it's called yeah, I know which one you mean, where they, they see the black hole and they're looking up into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. The tear in the event horizon. Oh, yeah, because um, they're easy to do, yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't, that, that actually, it just does not make any kind of scientific sense. The, it, it's just, it was abominable. And it's, I was it's, it's 14 an event. and I heard it and I, and I was shocked. Yeah, and you just wanted to go outside and vomit. I know. Yeah. An event horizon, so... An event horizon is the boundary of a black hole or a quantum singularity, whatever you want to call it, beyond which nothing can escape. The black hole is one of the most destructive forces in the entire universe. So there, there cannot be a tear in the black hole. No, you can, or, or you in the event horizon, it's just like, oh, we can just slip through this. No, it's complete bullshit. Complete Phrases bullshit. like that belong in poetry, not in science. Exactly. You can say my 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 feelings were torn. It's it's about as ridiculous as saying that. Like you you can use it as a metaphor, but you can't actually use it as to describe an actual scientific concept, and it makes me sick. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there on that one as well, because that's just it. That that you know brings you back to black holes and um, back to the uh, the Star Trek 2009 movie. So, okay. They, they throw the red matter into this, into the way of this exploding supernova that's going to destroy the galaxy, creates a black hole, and we get sucked through this black hole, we get moved through time. No, you don't. You go through a black hole, you're crushed into nothing. You're completely destroyed. Yeah, the, the bl- you, you a black hole. Through, you don't move through time. It's complete fucking bullshit. A black hole well, is an exploding star that is so big it is categorised above a supernova. Yes, it's so big and its gravity is so massive that it's collapsed. It's a star with a mass of a hundred or a thousand times the mass of our own star, 
but it's cr- it's crashed into a you know a, an area less than a kilometer across. It's completely. Another one made me sick. You can't, you can't right? fly into it and travel through time. That's bullshit. You fly no. into it, you're dead. Yeah, you will be spaghettified. I.e., as you approach it, your body would tear in half, and then the subsequent halves would tear in half and half and half and half until you were a string of atoms floating down forever into the event horizon, which can't be torn, you arsehole, Voyager. <laughs> but um, the <laughs> the other thing that really pissed me off was the, the Enterprise episode, Rogue Planet. Like, oh, God. Yeah, oh, God. there's this Rogue Planet. It, things are surviving next to volcanic sulfuric. Like, no, no, it doesn't work. There's just why have you based an episode on this? Why does it have to be a rogue planet that doesn't have a star and obviously couldn't support life? Why not just make it a planet? Exactly. So it's floating through space. There's no source of light or heat or any sort of energy. But oh, oh no, there's this little thing, and it's it's you know there's this little volcano thing, and it's no, it's bullshit. The whole thing is complete bullshit and pisses me off. So like, I mean. But I gen- generally, I really, really like Star Trek. And I do plus, like Star Trek. We like Star Trek, we do. But... is a Star Trek podcast. Generally, I do not like things... I don't mind science fiction where they try and explain it away. It's when they get, like, lazy writing that's basically like, yeah, I've heard this word, we'll just say it's that, and yeah, let's be done with it. it. Yeah, black holes. Yeah, you can tr- you can totally fly into a black hole and travel through time. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> but I'll just write that down. Bullshit. So I don't want to get I don't want to get any more annoyed because I I'll get I'll get very upset about it. <laughs> but the other thing that leads on on, on to me is, is about um, you know some things that piss me off is transporters. Now they're a fundamental part of Star Trek. Now, Paul. Yes. Heisenberg, uncertainty principle. The uncertainty theory that you can't actually predict where a particle or an atom is going to be at any particular time. You can, you and, can, you can predict its position, but not it's not its speed, or you can predict its speed, but not its position. So, according that, to Heisenberg uncertainty principle, you can never be 100% sure where an atom is at any point in time, ever. If you run a lot of quantum equations, um, they basically prove that these ideas are are kind of right in principle. And when you get to the world of kind of quantum mechanics, it describes a very different and very yeah. chaotic universe than than you yeah. have from like the the world of uh, relativity, where you've got kind of big things like stars and planets and and galaxies and and that kind of thing. And quantum mechanics is just such a chaotic universe yeah definitely Definitely. and it's just unpredictable by its very nature that's why they're on about the quantum computing revolution is kind of come about through computer security and and those kind of things because it's so unpredictable they they reckon that it's the perfect way to encrypt and protect data yeah definitely definitely but transporters they're pretty much in the way that they envision it in Star Trek, it's pretty much impossible because of the Heisenberg principle. And of course, they talk about they have the Heisenberg compensators within Star Trek. I, I do really like this because I mean it is ridiculous, but I, there's a little story where um, one of the, a scientist comes onto the set of TNG and he says to one of the writers, "How do the Heisenberg compensators work?" And he says, "Very well, thank you." 
<laughs> and I really no. like the way he just says, "Yeah, they work. They work lovely. Thank you very much." No, but I, it, I, it's I ridiculous. Really like I, 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 oh. I do really like the quote, but the principle of it, the way they execute it, is ridiculous because you cannot transport matter in that way. You could do it in another way. You could you could create a wormhole. You could transport matter through a wormhole. That's a completely different proposition to being able to accurately determine how many of the hundred trillion atoms are in your body. Their exact position and speed in space translate all that information into a computer program and then transport it to someone else and rematerialize it in exactly the same state, which is absolutely ridiculous. Right. I've got an argument for that. Okay. Go on then. In the news recently, they have been saying... I was about to mention this. Yeah. Yeah. For a civilization to actually get to our point anyway... Uh, there is a good chance that we would then try and simulate a galaxy or, or a civilization, and there is a good chance that what we are actually in at the moment is, after all, a computer program. That's bollocks. Yeah, because that would fuck me up, to be fair. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to mention that. We're in the I, matrix. Thought gonna, I, I thought you were going to mention the fact that it's been in the news recently that, that scientists have uh, kind of discovered and are working on the transporter yeah. but it's uh, it's kind of a worthless headline because when you read it basically what what they are calling the transporter at the moment is the fact that they can they can basically determine the, the structure and composition of one atom and through <laughs> using a lot of kind of laser technology they can force another atom to take on that's character this that's the, not original atom that's that, not yeah, tra- that, that, that's not transporting. That's replication. That, that, if that if that ever became a feasible technology, all you would be able to do with that is produce um, exact um, replicas. R- replicas. Yeah. So you would end up with uh, two people. So it's not a transporter in the sense that I can pick you up from here and then you disappear and then appear somewhere else. Yeah. And that's it. When they replicate the person at the other end, they've got to destroy the original, which goes back to that whole thing that Wayne does talk about, and he does have a valid point, is that you move from one place to another. Does your soul go with you? Yeah, yeah. Which, okay, you've, you've got to define, does a person have a soul? And that's a whole, a whole different conversation, but you're basically replicating a person in another place. Do you then have to destroy the original? Are you committing murder by destroying the person at the original point and it comes down to the whole kind of thomas Riker thing of yeah i i would have thought after the thomas Riker incident it would have basically been like right okay let's not use this transport as much it's a bit dodgy this thing isn't it but no no they just kept fucking using the thing didn't they transporters ridiculous in the way that they are portrayed in star trek if you could generate wormholes and you could you know push people through um through wormhole in space and literally push them from one point in space to another, fine. Taking, you know, analysing every atom in their body, turning it into energy, beaming it to another place and reassembling it is nonsense. But if if the transporter that are on about in the news, i.e. being able to kind of uh, force atoms to take on the characteristics of other atoms, that could possibly be the answer to... If you could store that kind of data on how every atom is made up in an object, that could be the answer to kind of Star Trek-style replicators. Yeah, but you're talking about storing an awful lot of information, though, aren't you? Yeah, I you're think... You're talking I'm... about... I mean, you're talking about 
beyond petabytes, and you're talking about redundant. Yeah, I, I think the if you take the the if you take te- a terabyte hard drive, like the one of these little passport ones, as a yeah. statistic, I actually watched a, a a documentary on this recently to store the the information on the amount of atoms and the kind of just the the amount of data it would be to recreate something as basic as a sandwich you would need a city the size of new york full of skyscrapers yeah each of them holding millions if not billions of terabyte hard drives just to contain that kind of information so obviously we need kind of star trek style we're gonna uh, need some seriously big hard drives aren't we but if you think about it mark you're first computer now i'm guessing you probably got your first computer mid 80s uh yeah around about that yeah 64k of ram yeah exactly 64k of ram yeah probably a hard drive that was measured in megabytes it didn't even have a hard drive it loaded everything into ram from cassette tapes that didn't even have a hard drive as we'd understand a hard drive now so so your first computer that had a hard drive i'm guessing was going to be in the in the couple of megabytes um first well the first actual computer with a hard drive i w- wouldn't get to, until 98 that had a 16 megabyte hard drive so but if you think the I, fact that yeah. laptops as standard now are coming with a a terabyte yeah okay i'll take the point i do take the point yeah i take the point is that my computer that you know you it would sit there and it's got you know it's got eight gigabytes of RAM. My computer has eight gigabytes of RAM. That's, I, I ju- that's just memory in a terabyte hard disk space, and I think nothing of it. So uh, I, 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 I do take the point. My, my first kind of realisation of how far things had come was I remember I had a friend who had a particularly kind of techy dad, and he, his great kind of thing to show off is I can rip a track from a C- a CD onto my computer, but I can only rip one because the hard drive isn't even big enough to cope with the entire CD. Yeah. Now, when you think of like computers now, people are ripping absolutely like gigabytes and gigabytes CDs and and vinyl and and everything onto their hard drives. It just shows you how much for granted we take that the the memory capacity is increased. Yeah, I remember years ago, so about 15, 16 years ago, a long time ago, long time ago when I worked at PC World and they said, that computer's got an 8 gig hard drive, what the hell are you going to do with that? An 8 gig hard drive. Eight. What the hell are you going to do with an 8 gig hard drive? You've got like a terabyte hard drive and you're like I'll probably fill that up soon. Yeah, eight, yeah. 8 gigs about my entire series of Deep Space Nine I just downloaded. 8, eight, yeah. eight, gig, eight gig wouldn't even uh, hold Windows now. No, it wouldn't. Exactly. You're like, 8 gig, yeah, okay. That's nothing. You can buy 8 gig on a memory stick from eBuyer from a, for, for about... 499 uh, About 5, 6 quid for yeah, an 8 yeah. gig memory stick. Giving them away in cereal packets, Mark. Exactly. They're pretty much free in cornflakes these days, aren't they? Yeah, when I, when I was younger, you got uh, bike reflectors in cornflakes. Now you're getting bloody USB sticks. Yeah. Do you? Exactly. With, with Kellogg's adverts loaded onto them. Yeah, I've never, I've never bought. I, I need to buy cornflakes. I'm only joking, Paul. You don't, but like you could if you wanted. You, you're more or less there. They're pretty much disposable technology. So no, I do take the point in terms of data. So yeah, okay, but I still think transporters ridiculous. What do you think, Emma? Would you would you do you think transporters are a ridiculous idea? I think they're a 
are a cool idea. Well, they are cool. But... They're cool. I'd love it. I don't but... know, but the difference is, what I think is that I don't know anything behind it. Like, to me, my answer to it all would be <coughs> real anyway. That's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we do have to remember that, that... We it's will, just a TV program. <laughs> we, we, we could ruin it for ourselves by saying, no, 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 no. But it was like somebody said, no, it was like me and you, Paul, were, having, were talking and, and I was thinking about um, mobile phones. Yeah. And how they have, like, when they were first became a big thing, they were flip phones. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I was watching Star Trek and I was watching, like, the old, the, the original series. Yeah. And that's where they had the flip, uh, the flip uh, phone thing. And I'm like, do you actually think that... People who invented the mobile phone watched Star Trek. Yes, thought, yes, it's yeah, a direct result. It was, yes, it was, it was it absolutely was. science fiction. I know, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like these people are watching these programs and seeing these things, and they're obviously thinking, "Well, let's give me something to do. Let's start creating these things." Yeah, as I said, Elkar's created the modern world. So yes. it was quite interesting, actually. So they are. You know, if you didn't have TNG with people running around with these pads and these bashing consoles that everyone was like that'll never happen and i don't think steve jobby would have come up with the idea for the ipad yeah it's quite true that's quite true so are there any other uh, pet peeves so we i've had a look on the forum and uh, exploding consoles as uh, oh, captain proton said these consoles on these starships they're a fucking death trap well they can go to warp speed they can replicate stuff from out of the fucking fabric of your arse but they cannot make a computer console that, that the slightest shake of the shit it blows your bloody bollocks off. Exactly. Health, <laughs> health, health and, and safety. Health and safety. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Starships wouldn't be able to leave space dock if they had the health and safety that we have these exactly. days. What, what one little attack from an alien ship and that a console explodes in your face. Could you imagine the Star Trek episode where it has like a health and safety advisor? So, you know, something starts going wrong, some kind of alarm goes off and someone just comes in and goes, no, 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 no. No, no, no. no. Wait a minute. You can't do that. You can't do that. Sorry, you can't do that. That's against 7.1 of the health and safety code. Oh, no. 7.1? You mean that's against point seven million three hundred ninety-five thousand four hundred twenty-one point seven two five point three. Indeed. But he is right, though. He is right, though. Those, those consoles, they were lethal. You would think by the 24th century, they wouldn't have all of the le- electronics behind, so as soon as they got hit by a ship, those things wouldn't explode and kill people. Mm. Pisses yeah. me off. Crap. Lord, a load of bollocks. What load of bollocks. <laughs> so another thing, right, okay. We're going back to Voyager. How many times have we seen in Voyager... Oh, they're trying to, you know, the, the ship's being attacked. They're trying to erase the, doc- the doctor's program. What can we do? <laughs> right. Okay. The doctor is a computer program. Mm-hmm. Yes. He yes. exists as files in the computer system. If they lose him, oh, it's a storm from backup. He's a computer program. Yeah. Get him out of the Dropbox. He'll be fine. Get, <laughs> get him out of the Dropbox. He'll be all right. Okay. He might be a little bit out of date. He might be a few hours out of date. But oh, okay. just restore him. They're not going to come permanently decompile his program he's a computer program jesus i'm an it professional i work in it if you lose something system restore from system restore you restore it from the backup okay you might lose a little bit but you're back to where you were oh no we're going to permanently lose him no you're not you're 500 years in the future for crying out loud it's it's like saying we're going to permanently lose the forum you're like nah takes a backup every day (laughs) 
the forum gets backed up every day, so we might lose a little bit, but it's all right. Don't worry about it, people. You go into the forum. If it, if, you know, if it all all dies, we'll get it back. And it's exactly see, the same for the doctor. I can see the reason behind that, though, Mark, because the whole time reasons are what the reason behind the, the the reason why they chose to basically have this fallacy that the doctor wasn't backed up was because all throughout the series they were basically on about how the Doctor was essentially sentient and evolved into like this intelligent life form. Yeah, 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 okay. If if you basically said, yeah, but we'll just restore him from a backup, it kind of it kind of takes the soul out of him. Yeah, I can understand that. And because, you know, although he is a computer program, he did... You know, he'd evolved beyond that point where he was—he was more than a computer program, and he, he was almost like a human being. But it doesn't—it doesn't necessarily make him less than a computer program. So, uh, yeah, but you, know, you know, just because he's more advanced, it's like data. Data isn't a machine. He's not a toaster. He is something more advanced. It doesn't make him any less a computer program. I know. I, I'm I am playing devil's advocate with it. The the only defense I can think of is do you, do you remember a measure of a man where? Yeah. Where, where Data's kind of defense to Maddox is that <coughs> if you transfer his cognitive kind of functions to a computer... Yes. the essence of the memory will be lost. The, the, the essence of the memory will be lost, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they, without explaining it, they were basically going for a similar idea with the Doctor. But yeah. They, yeah. Should have, they should have addressed that because certainly when Voyager was was airing let's face it most most star trek fans are fairly geeky and um geeky really? people and computers go hand in hand yeah and by that time the home computer revolution was well established and people would have been sitting there thinking like well hold on if, if my like uh, command and conquer red alert game that goes down oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> you know i haven't lost i haven't lost all the strategies i haven't lost all the things I've built up. No. It's, it's still there. there. It's still there on the backup. Yeah. So I but I do I do really get what you're saying, Mark. I, I am seriously playing devil's advocate on it. Yeah. Does piss me off that though. So the next um the next uh, little comment we had on the forum was um, from Gail Gerard or the Trek Knitter. And Gail wonders about Data's cat spot. So Paul <laughs> Paul, would you like to take this post away for us, please? Uh, Trek Nissen says, Gail, hello, Gail. She says, maybe it's just me. But if they're going to give Data a cat, they need to make a note in the show Bible or whatever about A, what gender the cat is, spots to go back and forth between being male and female, and B, what kind of breed the cat is. I think I've probably watched every episode with Spot in it half a dozen times, and in each one, Spot is a different breed. He, she has been an American, a.k.a domestic short hair a long haired abyssinian a short haired abyssinian i mean come on y'all make up your melons what kind of cat is spock spock's not a cat spock oh she's misspelt it she does but she follows it up with another post where she corrects it i would like to have seen more of lal for me one episode just didn't do her justice there was so much story there and they just locked her off at the end the offspring was like no big deal and then she said, I wish I could edit these. I meant what kind of cat is Spot, not Spock. I was going to say, Spock had nice ears, but he just didn't have the fur for stroking. No. And just and just to put Gail's mind at ease, 
one of the new features that's coming on the forum is you will be able to edit your own comments. Yes. Not I, thought I, you... I, I thought we had that already, but yeah. No, but we, but did, we, did have it. Special. we did have it, but it seemed to be doing little whoopsies and allowing you to sometimes edit other people's comments. Oh, Ooh, okay. okay. <laughs> whoopsies. Okay. So she does bring up a good point, though, because sometimes Spot was female, sometimes she was male. Sometimes it was something else. It, it did seem to um, mutate an awful lot from a ginger cat to a short cat to a long cat. So I'm just glad it was a ginger cat. I've got to say, though, I have never watched Star Trek The Next Generation. When You've Jason... never watched it? No, no, no. I have... <laughs> let, me finish, let me finish, young man. I have never watched Star Trek The Next Generation when Spot has been on the show with Data and I've and, and been, been trying to look up Spot's bum. And going, my, my, you've got a big pair of nuts. And then the next week saying, my, my, where have your nuts gone? And why have you got another hole? Well, well I, I, it, it might yeah. be a result of the Blu-rays. Ah, oh, the extra definition. I haven't yes, got more Blu-ray. I just but of course, some, sometimes they did refer to Cat, uh, uh, to Spot as a male. But then, of course, in the episode Genesis, she did give birth to kittens. But then... Okay, so that that counts for the sex change, but you, you know, Gail is right because from one episode to the other, and then especially when we saw in Generation, she did seemed he slash she did seem to ch- seem to change uh, breeds from from one moment to the next. I think short haired cat, long haired cat. Yeah, they I, weren't very consistent with it. They, they could I, have at least got the same breed of cat. I can explain this. Go on then. Data is not human. He is an android. He is trying to be human and uh, and experience human emotion stuff. So, uh, Data has had his cat. Um, he loved his spot, the cat Spot. You know, he loves Spot. It's his, his pride and joy. He comes home in the evening and it jumps on his lap and he, he strokes it and it goes to bed. Uh, and one day... Uh, the doors recognised him and they opened and he walked out and somebody was walking by with one of those hover trolleys and ran him over. Okay. So, so what, what happens is the next time they're at Space Dock, Geordie being Data's best friend, I mean, Geordie was there near the time when it happened and Data was like, where's Spot? I haven't seen Spot. Where, where, where is he? He's gone. And Georgie was like, no, 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 it's fine, Dave. I'm looking after him for a couple of days. Just give you a bit of a break because you've got lots of work to do. And the next time at this place, Georgie's brought a couple of them, maybe. Or, or just one, possibly. And, 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 and he's replaced him. And then, so the first replacement was fine because it was a man to a man, but it was gone from a short hair to long hair. And Georgie just told Dave that he was getting a little bit long hair because it was the winter and he was, you know, boofing up for the cold spell. This is very elaborate. Well, I'm quite impressed. I'm going to explain it. But then you're sick in the head. No, no, no. But what happened is the second time, the second time, Data hasn't realised that Spot's there, and Data's an android. He's quite heavy. He's trodden on him. Spot is indeed job done. He is jobby. You know, he looks more like a uh, some sort of rug in front of the fireplace than a pussycat. So he, he's he's gone with the human thing of well. You know, humans, if they, if they lose a cat, they will buy another cat that looks similar to try and, you know, restore the relationship and carry on with their lives and mourn the old and in with the new and all that. So he gets another one. 
and it's a man. But nobody speaks to Data about it on the show because they obviously don't want to bring up that emotional turmoil. Even though he can't feel it, but they want to, you know, it's awkward. They don't want to get involved with it too much. So, and that, that's that's what happens, you know. They're cats. They don't live for that long. He's trying to be human. The cat's popped its clogs a couple of times. Geordie's covered for it once, and um, Data's accepted it a couple of other times. Job done. Well, Gail, I hope that's put your mind at ease. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that's my take on it anyway. Yeah, I'll sleep tonight, that's for sure. Marvellous. Marvellous. I've had another glass of port. It's made my mind much clearer. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> nobody else is, but yours, obviously. I can see things like they were yesterday. So the last thing that we have is I spoke to Wayne earlier today and he did bring up a little point and this is actually a very good point. So, Star Trek clothing. So, Emma, this is your thing. Yeah. Star Trek clothing. Yeah. So, on no other series except for Enterprise did they ever beam down to a planet in practical clothing. Okay. So, on Enterprise, they had practical clothing. Okay, you don't like the boiler suits, but they had pockets. So, if they're going to beam down yeah. to a planet, they had pockets where they could hold phasers, you know, little scanner things, etc. When they beamed down to a cold planet, they had a jacket. <coughs> it's going to be a bit chilly. Let's put a jacket on. Let's put a jacket on. And all of the other series are beamed over any planet you want in a onesie. But they were always like Batman. They always had a utility belt that everything went in. Yeah, it's bollocks. It's bollocks. Because they beamed down to any planet you like. It could be hot. It could be cold. They would mm-hmm. beam down in the onesie and they were perfectly comfortable. Yeah. In Enterprise, it was a little bit more practical. You know, they had pockets for stuff to go in. Yeah. It's going to be chilly. Let's put these silver jackets on. But then again, you a never saw anybody go to the toilet. Well, that's a but good... It's that's like you said, po- Sorry, it's like you said, Paul, on one of your Brace for Impacts, about I, that nobody goes to I, the toilet. <laughs> they never go to the toilet. You never see they get their door their, their pocket stuck on a doorknob because they don't have doorknobs anymore. It's ridiculous. And they didn't have, they didn't have pockets because they were all wearing wads. They don't have shoelaces. He's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But then, <laughs> but then maybe, maybe they don't go to the toilet because they've got transporters and maybe they, you know, they beam the pee, you know, the, the just wee and the poo. transport their pee straight to the toilet. Yeah, they just <laughs> transport the poo and the wee out of their bum holes in, in, into the replicator we go to antique shops now but uh, and we we cherish things that are old and antique whereas you you um, i've never seen anybody go to an art antique shop they replicate them what a lot of bollocks yes this is an authentic 19th century sideboard with with georgian clasps that i replicated yesterday stick it up your ass <laughs> Back to the Star Trek toilets, right? Here's a question for you. So, you know, you go on, like, a train. When you're on a train and you go to the toilet and you flush the toilet, I'm assuming the train just let, you know, the waste just goes probably, like, on the tracks or somewhere, right? No, 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 no. (laughs) But wait, no, wait. So when you're in space and you're on a, a space station or you're in a ship or whatever and you go to the toilet, are you telling me the toilet just goes into space? It must do. It can't go anywhere else. I think it probably goes into a bit like a chemical toilet that you have in a caravan. It goes into some really big, huge sort of toilet, some really big septic tank on the ship. Waste reclamation. That would be a nightmare if that part of the ship blew up. Oh, I know. Can you imagine that? Oh, that would smell really bad. There is a waste reclamation unit. And and it, it, you know, I tell you what. Recycles your poo into boots. 
no, the American army, they have got something very similar. Those shoes, they're shit. <laughs> it was either on Forrest Gump or something like that. But all of their urine went into this machine and it actually cycled through all of this crap and it came out as drinkable water. Well, if they could do that 40 years ago, they can do that with we and poo in the future. So you can imagine it. You could have a poo in the morning and a chocolate muffin in the afternoon. <laughs> I, I think they did say in Enterprise that... They did say this, yeah. That they basically... They get the poo re- question. They, they recycle the, the poo into basically things that are useful on the ship. Yeah. I've had a shit and it's got me a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Mom, I'm glad I had that curry. It got me an extra tie. <laughs> okay so i think we've had a little bit of a rant about star trek uh this I week um, i hope everyone's enjoyed that so uh, so do head on over to the forum and um, give us your feedback on on the I rants have... and and maybe some ads paul shut up and maybe add some of your own that means it's time for our new section so let's head on over there Yes, and welcome to our new section of the show. Now, we did promise you this a couple of weeks ago, but um, we couldn't bring it to you last week, unfortunately, due to uh, time constraints, etc. But this new section has been inspired by a, a very, very popular section from the Podathon, and that is the music of Star Trek. And there is no man better to talk about the music of Star Trek than our good friend and family member, Matt Warwick. Hello, Matt. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm very well, thank you. How are you, mate? Um, not so bad, not so bad at all. So, this week we have a, a lovely little bit of music. So, shall we uh, talk a little bit, little bit about that before we uh, introduce a music clip? Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Um, obviously, those of you who heard the Podathon know that I'm a big fan of the music of Jerry Goldsmith. So, As I a- thought the uh, yeah, the music from the motion picture is fantastic, and so because it's by Jerry Goldsmith, it is amongst the best Star Trek music uh, you can hear. Yep, so um, the good thing about this, I mean, we know the, I know the motion picture obviously gets a bad reputation for having lots of just boring shots of the Enterprise flying through space. I like but the good thing. Yeah, exactly. But the good thing about it is that it gives Jerry Goldsmith's music a chance to shine. Yeah. You know, they they gave him a five minute clip of the Enterprise in, in in Space Dock and said, "There you go, write some music for that, and then we can listen to it for five minutes." So I was like, "Okay, great, no problem." So yeah, the piece of music we're going to hear today is uh, "Leaving Dry Dock." Now that's the piece we hear um, as um, Kirk orders the ship to leave Dry Dock for the first time, and Sulu um, orders the Enterprise to fly out. The music that's heard in this basically comprises the normal Star Trek theme. Yeah. Goldsmith tended to use that theme whenever we saw the Enterprise on screen. Mm. In fact, he called it his Enterprise theme. Yeah. So, yeah, and when you watch the film, you hear that music, you see the Enterprise in your mind. Well, I do at least. I don't know about, about I, you. I, I always do. It, it it just brings... You know, there, there are certain bits of music in Star Trek, and there's some, there's some bits from this movie um, where whenever I hear that, I can just visualise the scene. And there are yeah. bits from the Wrath of Khan, you know, that iconic music. I just see yeah. the scenes in my head. And the same again from First Contact, uh, you know, another Jerry Goldsmith movie. And whenever I hear the music, I just see the scenes in my head. So it, it just matches it perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm a huge, like you, I'm a huge Jerry Goldsmith fan. So yeah, I absolutely loved his music. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a fan of movie music generally, but Goldsmith is one of my favourite composers. And one of the reasons I do like movie music is because it helped it makes me relive those moments Definitely. without having to watch the the whole film that that's one of the things you know for me 
So, so yeah, this piece, as I use, is his Enterprise theme. Um, and yeah, let's have a listen to it now. Yeah, let's do it. piece of music there absolutely love that it's just it's it's just iconic isn't it it's just one of those one of those themes you hear and it just like we, like we said earlier it just brings that scene into your head and you can just really see I, I i can see the enterprise i can just feel it it's just i love it absolutely fantastic 
Yeah, and obviously it's, it's a very popular piece of music as well because they obviously decided to go with that for the theme of TNG as well. So Indeed. I mean, that that was obviously for me. That's the first time I heard it. I presume it's the same for you as well. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd heard yeah. that. Um, uh, when did I? I saw the motion picture actually when I was quite young. So it came out in '79. I didn't see it then. I probably saw it. I think it was on TV. Probably about. I'm guessing probably around about 1983 or so. Um, so I, w- I would have seen it then. I was quite young at the time, so I would have been around about eight or nine. But I obviously I heard that music, and mm. you know we we did talk about this on the podathon. It's the same music, but it's just m- much more orchestral um, yeah. than they you know they had the opportunity to do when they recorded TNG. But it's, it's beautiful. Absolutely love that piece of music. Yeah, it's it's good that you you can hear the difference between the TNG theme and that. Yeah. In that the, the you can see the budget difference, just the the effect yes, of so. having a movie budget and being able to hire a, a full audience uh, and co- orchestra. Yeah, and of course when uh, when the motion picture came out, it was the most expensive movie ever made at that point in time. Yeah. It was something like it was about sixty seventy million dollars. Uh, it was a lot. I it mean, I think in, a lot inflation, in inflation, I don't know what that would work out to be today. It was an obscene amount of money at the time. It was absolutely a ludicrous amount of money. And a lot of people do knock the motion picture. And it is, it's maybe a little bit too long in places, but I really like it. And a lot of people criticise the uniforms as well, but I quite like them. I at like least, the, um, the, Admiral's the Admiral's uniform. Yeah, we were talking about this at Star Trek London because yeah. there was that guy walking around with the uh, Admiral's uniform on and everyone was commenting on how good it was. Yeah, I had my photo taken with him actually because I was, I was in a queue for a photo shoot and he, there were several people in uniform and he wanted a, a picture taken. So um, that guy's got a photo of him with me stood next to him in my uh, first contact uniform. <laughs> cool. I, I did really enjoy that. Yeah. But a beautiful piece of music. Absolutely love that, Matt. So uh, thank you for that. No problem. And now I think we're going to have a little bit of a return to the old days because although we're not doing Stump the Quizmaster anymore, Matt has uh, decided to resurrect the audio quiz clip. Yes. So should we? Um, so for anyone who hasn't listened before, what we do, uh, Matt will give me a piece of music from a TNG episode. It is TNG still, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, and it's only seasons one to four. It's only seasons one to four. So Matt will give me a small music clip, and I have to guess which episode it comes from. So Matt, do your worst. Let's listen to this week's clip. I know that one. I do. Okay. Obviously, from a very dark episode. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a Borg attack happening. But, Absolutely. You know. You know, there's there's like explosions and people being yep. killed everywhere. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I do know that. I've heard it before, as I always say. I've definitely heard it. Yeah. Of course, I have because I've seen TNG loads of times. Right. So obviously, a very light-hearted episode. And I suspect that's something. <sighs> Is that right towards one of the, 
the happy little sign-offs they do. Right. That, for me, mm-hmm. would put it in a fairly early season, because the earlier seasons did ha- tend to have that light-hearted music, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I mean, they did tend to tone it down after season, at the end of season two a little bit. Yeah, they did. So, well, I've got a, I've got a theory on this one. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's a slightly humorous bit in an episode, so this is a little bit random, but I'm going to go for it because, right, I'm going to go for season one episode, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go for. Am I going to go for this one or not? You have that idea in your head and then you suddenly doubt yourself. But I'm going to... Am I going to go for this or am I not? Oh, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't now the right time for me to go... Stump, 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 Christmas Day. Ooh. It could be. Um... Can we have a bit from the Royale? Because I know that one. I got that one before. Oh, that's all the same, though. I know. Right. This is random, and it's probably okay. wrong, but I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for the neutral zone from season one. There were, okay. There were a few amusing bits in there. It, I like that episode. There's a few... It's it's the first episode where we get to see the, the new Romulan D. Deridex warbirds, which are awesome. I love those shit. Yeah. And there's some serious bits and there's some funny bits. I'm going to go for the neutral zone. Okay, Mark says the neutral zone. Let's see if he's right. Thank you, Jean-Luc. You were most convincing. You certainly convinced me. I am truly grateful, Mrs. Troy, that you risked your life to save my people. I'll have you home in a few hours. Oh, no, 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 no. That won't be necessary. I'd just love to hear more of your poetry. Uh Uh-huh. Perhaps another time. Please. Mr. Crusher, set course for Beta Z. Warp 9. Come. Damn it. When I'm it- sorry, Mark. As soon as you know you you played this to me, obviously Matt, when we were recording this, and pretty soon in, I was like, "Damn it, it's Menage a Troy, isn't it?" From season three. Yeah, I got a lot of swearing through my Skype. I don't know if it was a technical malfunction or. Whether it was <laughs> <something>. Damn. <laughs> but no, I, I like that episode. A lot of people don't like Luxana Troy, but I think she's great. I mean, I, I'm no, a, she's... I'm a big fan of Majel Barrett in general, but I thought she was great as um as uh, Luxana Troy. And that's a fun, no. the fun, silly episode with some, you know, the original silly comedic Ferengi's in. So yeah. Oh dear. So I'm one down, Matt. Yeah, actually, let me uh, update the scoreboard. Where are we at the moment? We are not on nine nil all now, Mark. No, I think this is a new scoreboard. Oh, okay. But I'm still one nil down, so you're still. <laughs> oh, let me just. Uh... Okay, so you we, we, you ended the previous section 9-8 up then. Oh, okay, I won the last So you actually won by one. So I'm a winner, so that means I we're in, we're, it's a draw then on this one. No, we'll start We'll start again with this. We'll next. start fresh, okay. We'll start fresh, so I'm 1-0 I'm, I'm down. But thank you for no that, problem. Matt. That was uh, 
I really, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the music and I really enjoyed the quiz. So uh, thank you very much. So Matt, would you like to just uh, tell everyone uh, how they can get hold of you? And like- yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter. So my username is at QB, Q-B-I-E. Uh, you can email me at QB at QB.com. I'm very imaginative when it comes to my um, domain names. Um you can also, if you want to email me and suggest a piece of music for a future segment, if there's a piece of music in any uh, Star Trek shows or movies that you like, even if you don't know the name of it, if you can just say it's the music that's played in this scene and just write a little bit about why you like it. That would be great. Yeah. Okay. There's also, there's also the, um, if you want to listen to the error Mark and I did on the Podathon Together, which if you haven't heard it already, uh, as I say, got a lot of good comments and uh, a lot of people really it's enjoyed it. Fantastic. So, you can find that on the uh, the Trekmate website, or if you go to my blog on cuba.com, there's an extended edition of that as well, which is special got the full, director's uh, cut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got the full uh, length versions of the clips that are used in that, and they're high quality as well. So, well worth a listen. So thank you, Matt. And that means it's time for this. Time for the trek off. Ladies and gentlemen, you are just in time for the trackoff with me, Paul Drinkwater, and him, Mark Stamper. He's in the red corner, I'm in the blue corner, and there can be only one uh, tonight. Indeed. Thank you, Paul. So... Paul, you won the trek off last week, despite screwing me over with that half-point question. <laughs> yeah, well, I must say, I feel bad about the half-point, so you can have it to start off with. No, no, no. No, no, yeah. no, 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 that's fine, because I'm still in the lead. I'm 2-1 in the lead, so I'll... All right, then, well, don't say I didn't offer it back. Okay, so, you won <laughs> last week, despite you screwing me over. So, you get the choice. Do you go first, or do I go first on you... this week's trek off Well, actually, no, you can choose, sir. I give you the choose to choose. You give me the choose to choose. That's, choose. Very, that's very choosy of you. I, I will take the first question. Thank you. Right. Right. Uh, are you ready, sir? I am ready. Your first question for one point. How does Councillor Troy finally manage to pass the bridge officer's qualification test in the Next Generation episode, Thine Own Self? Well, oh, that's an easy one, Mark. Right, how does she manage... Oh, it's a crap episode there. Um, how does she manage to pass this Because the... that's the one where Data goes down to a planet and he has his brain stripped out. He's got hasn't got a clue. And there's a little B-plot about Troy, isn't there? Um... Pass it to me. No, no, no. You no, can't, you can't, you can't, you can't pass it over to me and Paul. You can play later, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a she she goes in. She's running simulations in the holodeck or something. She does something to repair the engine. She doesn't crash the ship or something like that. Um. Oh, I don't know. I don't know this one because it's a crap episode. Well, uh, well, we can see if Paul answers it, but it doesn't count because it's between me and you. But the answer is. She has to kill Jordy. That is correct. The answer uh, okay. was in a simulation, she is willing to sacrifice Jordy's life to save the Enterprise. Oh, uh, okay. It's a crap episode. 
It was a crapper. Is that the one with Data's on the planet? And he yeah, just... it's shit. <coughs> Basically, they think Data's a nice man on the yeah. planet. Yeah, they're quite true. stupid, and yeah. Geordie has to make the ultimate sacrifice for the ship. Okay, are you ready for your first question? Go for it, Zach. Archer made first contact with which species when two of his crew were infected with the virus? Ooh, um... AIDS. <laughs> Thanks for the help, Adam. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Can you uh, repeat the question for me? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a long one. Archer made first contact with which species when two of his crew were infected with a virus? I do know this. Hang on. Oh, Jesus. Does he uh, want a hint, Mark? No, he doesn't want a hint. He does want a hint. No, he doesn't. A hint would be lovely. I'm not talking about a big hint, just a little, little hint. No. Can I give? A, can I give? Tell him the episode title. No. Okay. It's an Enterprise, Paul. That's your hint. Yes. <laughs> the episode title would have been awesome. Um. Right. So it's the first contact with a species. Two of the crewmen have got a virus. Did you say? Yes. Uh, can I on the two crewmen? Stop it, Paul. You can't no. tell me. Shut up. I don't, I, oh, I know. I know it. It's going to be quite close to the first first couple of episodes, I think. I could be completely wrong. Um, two crewmen. I don't think I know this. You know, I, I'm, I, I, I can't quite. It's the species, not the crewmen. Don't get hung up on the crewmen. What species <laughs> did he make contact with? When his crew were infected with a virus. Just the species name I'm after. Okay, so... That's as much of a clue. Okay, so it's just the species. Oh, my God! Uh, I I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember. My brain is... But it must be all the port. I don't know. You don't know? No. It was the Organians. Oh, bugger it! The Organian Treaty. There was an Organian Treaty. Sorry, um, it's the same species, but oh, different, different, uh, different series. Oh. The Organians are in the TOS, so uh, okay. So that you you, you reviewed it quite recently on the supplemental, Mark. Didn't yeah, you? it was the last supplemental we ever did, actually. Did you listen to the last supplemental. Or the or the last supplemental that was an episode review, not the last supplemental ever, but the last supplemental that was an episode review. Yes. Right, this is an easy one for you. I expect you to get this. If you don't, you're an idiot. Oh, dear. Okay. (laughs) What does... Are you ready? Yeah. You're ready, yes? I'm ready. What does... Are you you sure you're ready? Quite sure. (laughs) What... Are you sure? No. Right, okay. I'll give you a couple of seconds. No, I'm ready. Okay, right. Right, let's go. What does... Captain Picard do on screen for the first time in the episode Sarek. He does the um, live long and prosper symbol. The first time that he ever does it. Final answer, yeah? Probably. Okay. The first time that he ever does it, he does the live long and prosper. Okay. The answer is... Captain Picard in the does for the first time in the next generation episode Sarak, he cries. He oh. cries. He cries. Oh, I was thinking the first time that he ever did it. He cries from the Vulcan the, the Vulcan mind melt. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not a very good episode that really. Oh, it's got Sarah in. It's got it's quite nice. It's got a few nice touches in it, but oh, bugger. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay, Paul. Are you ready for your second question? I need a wee, but yes, we can go for it. Okay. The Enterprise D discovered what on Valara Three? Oh, um, oh bloody hell! I know this. Valara Three. That was um. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, I know somebody's just treated me. Oh, thank you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Paul. <laughs> oh, you didn't just give him the answer, did you? No. Um, I said something very nice. Uh. You did something very nice. It was, it was, it was, it was, um, flipping heck, come on, it's just on the tip of my tongue. Um, oh no, it's going, it's leaving my tongue, come back. Valara, where? Valara 3. Valara, what does the Enterprise discover? What does the Enterprise D discover on Valara 3? Some sort of life. Uh, can I try and guess the episode name? If you want, but it's not going to be the right answer. Was the episode Home Soil? Well, that's pretty much pointless because that's not the question no, I no, asked. No, I'm not, but, I didn't want to say in which episode was that. I no know, clues. No it, clues. It's, no, okay, okay. Because um, that's, that's, there's only two things I can remember. One's, the episode, one's an episode title and one... I, Think I think it's Valara three, but I'm not sure. Um, maybe I'm just completely fucking wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just losing the plot here. I thought it was some sort of microscopic life form, but I don't think it is now. No, don't, no, just go with your first option because you can't think of anything else, can you? No, that's not the point. Um, I'm gonna go with some sort of micro. No, you're not. It's like this microscopic life form. I can't think of anything else. It wasn't. Oh, stop it! Can we give him a clue at least, Mark? No. Can I give him a, a clue that isn't in words? Can we have some more port. Actually, can we give him a clue of words, which is like a sentence, which might 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 help him? Ugly bags of mostly water. <laughs> can can I give him a sound is. clue? Go on then. Okay, right, Paul, listen very carefully. I'm listening very carefully. Oh! What the fuck was that? Oh, that it was a bell. That's quite good. <laughs> yeah, see? I thought my ugly bags of mostly water was better, but there you well, go. That, 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 well, that is a good clue, Mark, but it also sounds like a Doctor Who reference, because uh, it's gonna crap, crap kind of enemy they have. I was just thinking a microscopic life form, and now I'm thinking it's some sort of sort of tea made at a restaurant. <laughs> no, <laughs> Paul, Paul, do you actually? Oh, okay, you you said the episode name. Yeah. You got that far. What happens in that episode? Well, there's something. Oh Christ, it's hard to remember. There's something about Geordie and Data. Right. Um, that Geordie and Data discover. I'm sure they discover a microscopic life form. It's it killed some sort. It killed somebody on a base. No more clues. I'm going to say a microscopic life form, and that is my final answer, uh, uh, Mister Mr. Clarkson. Okay. Bollocks. I'm not going to give you that. 
No, I'm wrong, aren't I? It is. It, technically, it was a macroscopic life form. It was a crystalline life form. It was basically a life form which existed as almost like a almost like a living computer. So they lived as little crystals living under a a, a layer of salty water under the soil, and they networked together like a big computer. It was crystalline they, life. Were they very, very, very small? They were very small. I they wouldn't could... say the microscopic, but after the way you screwed <laughs> me over on last week's trek off, no, it I, was crystalline I'll, life. I'll, I'll tell you what, we are now even. We're now even. So well, I wouldn't feel bad as a bad episode. Bring you over last week. So does that mean what's the score then, Paul? We're nil nil each, aren't we? Yeah. Does that mean we're both thick? Mm-hmm. Shit. So far. Do you mean we 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 we're both still winning? Losing? Well, I'm losing. I know. You, oh my god, that's too full. I'm not going to make a move. Yeah. Are you going to give me my final question? <laughs> Isn't it my go? Oh no, it's your go. Sorry, it's my go. Okay, 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 okay. Right. Now this is quite a precise answer. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> From how many hours in the future? Is Captain Picard double in the next generation episode, Time Squared? Oh, I like this one. Um, how many hours? Good, 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 good help. Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm afraid that's the wrong answer. No, I haven't given my question yet. I haven't given my answer yet. It's not very far. It's only like three or four or something, but don't quote me yet. This is season two, isn't it? No, no, no. It's season two because I remember Dr. Pulaski's in it and they go aboard the shuttle and then she goes in and scans him and they've got this sort of really scary looking dummy of Picard in the shuttle. Um, And then it ends up blowing up. They're in some sort of causality loop. Right. Okay. I'm going to go for... That's wrong. (laughs) I'm joking. Ah. (laughs) I'm going to go for six hours. Six hours. Oh, you're an arsehole. You're correct. Wehey. You six said four, hours. though. No, I didn't. I said I'm going to go four. Six yes, hours. You said I'm going to go four. Six hours, Paul. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Very well done to you. Hearty congratulations. And Thank you. Thank you. Now, Paul, it's time for your oh, last question. You. Now, this is where I get my revenge. Oh, you're going to be a absolute arse, aren't you? You're going to ask me something I don't know. <coughs> okay. Are you ready? No. <coughs> Earth defeated the Romulans at which battle during the Earth-Romulan War? I know this. Um, hang on. Um... I know this. I know this. I know this. You know this? T-Rex reference? I know this. Uh, Could you... uh, Would you be kind... Can you ask me... Can you give me two clues? If I ask you a question, would you be able to give me two clues? One... Um, Well, I'll tell you what. I'll ask you. And if you want to answer, you don't have to. Are we talking about the Earth Romulan War in a mirror universe? I don't think there was ever a reference to the Earth Romulan War in a mirror universe okay, that I'm so aware not, of, so. So we're not looking at a mirror universe? No. Right, okay. Um, or shall I just say that the, the treaty that was signed reinforced the Romulan neutral zone? Oh my god! Um, 
I don't know if that'll make it any clearer or not. That yes, may be a more does, precise it question. It does, it does, it does. Um, well, I think it might. <laughs> it's a really known, well-known treaty, isn't it? It's It's been... It's been mentioned at least once in a single episode. It might have been in a couple of episodes, but it's not really well known. If you know your Trek history, it's um, it's well known. But I think it's probably only been in one or two episodes. So. Is it the treaty you want to know of or the battle? Either will do, because it's the same name. It's the treaty of or the battle of. It was at the same place. Well, I'm pretty sure... It's the battle of the same name of my cousin, which is Sharon, or Sharon. Well, she's called Sharon, but she's a slapper anyway. Um, I hope she doesn't like Star Trek. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure... The only major Romulan human war that I can think of, there was a battle called the Battle of Sharon. Mm. Um... And there was a treaty drawn up, but I don't know because this is this is what's the score at the moment, Mark? We have to have tiebreak if I get this. Um, no, you'll lose. Well, well, well if you get this, sorry, we will tie. Oh fuck. Um, I, 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 that's the only one I know. I can't think of anything else. I'm gonna have to go with the Battle of Sharon. So it's gonna have to be the treaty of Sharon. Oh, and, I'm, Paul, I, Paul. and I'm probably wrong. So um. Well done. <laughs> it's, it's a good reference because the Battle of Sh- uh, the Treaty of Sharon, or you know, Sharon was a planet that was in the original series. But I'm afraid you're wrong. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. It's Algeron. Oh, that also Paul. Bit of fun trivia: the Treaty of Algeron outlawed cloaking devices. Yes, it did. It outlawed cloaking devices and was the formation of the Romulan neutral zone. It's in the whole thing about the Pegasus. Yes. Yes. Now I want to take. It might have been referenced in TOS as well, I think, but I couldn't be quite sure. Do you know that's the only one I can think of though, because I always reminded reminded me of my slapper of a cousin. Yeah, it's it was a tough question though, so that was a gallant effort. You did actually get a correct reference with Sharon, but to to a different Uh, episode. But that that was that was a good. (laughs) That was a good effort. (laughs) Thank you. Very. Excuse me, very enjoyable. Well, in that case, then, Mark, um, it's your pleasure this evening. Thank you very much. And that's <laughs> Trek, mate. Bye! All hands on deck. Red alert. Bloopers approaching after the end music. been listening to the Trekmate Podcast. Would you like to get a hold of us? Visit trekmate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses, I want answers. 
Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. I think you and Paul should have your own room when we go to the sci-fi ball because I don't think <laughs> I don't think anybody I think you two just have to have your own what what are you are you in, are you, you Mark and Adam gonna have your own room yeah we'll have our own room you're gonna play one hot dog bun two sausages <laughs> <laughs> we'll play the spit we'll play the spit rose game yeah. <laughs> oh god <laughs> What what was it you uh, I I remember you you were saying before before Kirsty stayed the night you were you were going to spit roast that Orion slave girl yes <laughs> yes you'll be doing some bum wiping tonight I, not, I do not do bum wiping <laughs> you just get like fizzy vimto and dip your cock in it that's what you get well, you remember you remember that when um, you, you remember that mad woman. You must have told Emma about the mad woman. Oh, the one I had to tell you. Friday. Oh, fucking hell. She was like the one where oh. you were gay. Yeah, I I said, oh, Mark, your boyfriend won't like that. Yeah, like, I know he was gay. I know it. I know it. Paul saved me on that day because she wouldn't fucking leave me alone, would she? <laughs> she was like she, she was like all over me. She's like, oh, I want my photo taken with him. He's so handsome in his uniform. <laughs> no, Paul. Paul obviously tweaked this and went, Mark, you better you better make sure your uh, your boyfriend doesn't see. It. Oh, is he gay? That oh, I knew it. All the best ones are taken, and then she fucked off. I just had a weird fucking date. Did you date? Yeah. Why? What was yeah. she like? Well, she was a different woman than I thought she was going to be. Oh, was it like a fifty-year-old? <laughs> oh God. Well, no, the, the picture that I saw was it a man? No, it was a woman. There's a picture. plenty of fish. Did you have a big cock? No, it wasn't plenty of fish, Paul. Um, essentially, there was a nice little picture. I thought that's a nice picture. Um, two two women on the beach. One's in her mid twenties. It was the wrong one. <laughs> I looked at it. I was like, actually, you had him. I was like, fucking hell. No, <laughs> so, I'm not. My name is Brian, and I'm at the wrong house. Didn't say that, but there's just and then. She, I, I, I mean, Did she, suck the she, she looked like she could have been one of, one of my mum's friends. Was, <laughs> um, I was polite and stayed for free drinks, which I think was more than adequate. Yeah. I then made my excuses and left. Leave her a rolling pin and some cotton wool and say, I've made a homemade tampon for you. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody like owls? Emma, do you like owls? Uh-huh. You do. Owl, owls like the, 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 the fluffy little bird. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Emma, I've got a bag of goodies for you. She's got a, he's got a bag of dead owls. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. No, because... So if you, if you want to, you want to side trip on the way to Bournemouth, you can see you can come see the puppies. No. Oh. Well, have you got any dead? Has anyone got any dead owls? Because I'll just remind you that Emma is engaged. Yeah, but puppies are dogs, Paul. Oh. Little dogs. <laughs> what did you think I was inviting her to see? Well, you said you were to go around and see the puppies. And I said, well, what puppies? <laughs> that would hell. be something I would say. <laughs> I don't want to see your puppies. You're engaged. I've got your invite. Stop it, woman. Just because I'll give you the presents, don't stop. Paul, stop looking at me like that. 
No, I just saw the, the tweet. Love drunk checkmate, Paul. My God, he's uncontrollable. It's, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's honestly, Emma, this is nothing. That's incredible. Like, it's it's still functioning. I mean, we've seen... But the we've thing seen. is, he's, a, he's, a, he's actually a lovely drunk, though. We've seen... He's, he's we, not we've, rude or offensive. No, no. <laughs> Honestly, Emma, some of the podcasts we have done, when Paul is... But that time when we did the live one... Yeah, Paul, yeah I, Paul, I remember. Paul was... And abs- you hung up on him. <laughs> Paul was absolutely fucked up. No, no, no. There was one where we actually did it live when we were testing the podathon. He was fucked oh, up right. the skull for about... That's, that, that's he, when he offered to buy everyone an iPad. Yeah, he was. And I, I listened to it and I thought, oh Jesus Christ, he can't go back on this. It's live. Uh, he was <laughs> fucked off his skull for about three hours. It was it was hilarious, but I had to edit it and I literally cut about almost like an hour and a half out of the podcast. Oh my god! Him just ranting on, going, yeah, I'm I'm fucking drunk. I'll, I'll, that's the best I can do. I can give you an iPad. <laughs> Paul, why is it every time we finish a podcast you really need shit? I don't know. I also see the wank as well. I don't know what that's. For that, I've had a drink. It's not fair. It's abuse. Oh thank fuck! Oh that. my god! Fucking hell! That was a, that was a fucking slog. <laughs> Especially when Paul got pissed. Hey Paul, 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 Paul! Paul, Paul, Paul it's not the worst. It's not the worst you've ever been, mate. <laughs>